0: Podcast. I'm Michelle and this is my co host Corey. Hello. Who also happens to be my best friend and my daughter. Yes, we really do eat hot bread during every podcast. Don't you wish you could smell it? So today, our bread that we are eating are these delicious sourdough hard rolls and they have this really crunchy exterior and then they're really soft on the inside and it's a really good flavor of sourdough. They're just the Perfect amount of tanginess. I love sourdough. Love sourdough anything. Most of the bread
1: that we will be eating on here, this podcast, nine times out of ten, it will be sourdough because <laughs> we love it so much. Because it's the best. Yes, and it has the perfect amount of crunchiness on the outside of the roll. These particular rolls, yeah, yeah. they're good. And they're hard to find. They are. Today, we will be talking about the top five for each of us, pivotal people and moments in our lives. And I actually got this idea from Sam and Alyssa on the approachable podcast. They did this, I think they saw an article or something and that's what gave them the idea. But as I was listening to their episode, I was just thinking about what my pivotal moments and people are. And it just got me thinking about my life and reflecting and being grateful. And so I thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear about what things and who have shaped us as people throughout our lives. And hopefully it gets you to be thinking about it as well. It's an interesting exercise.
0: Yeah, it really is. Because when I was first thinking about the topic, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cause you kind of think, well, I, I, this isn't a very good approach to life, I suppose. But sometimes I feel like I'm just floating along, scraping by,
1: you know, and yeah. I, and I don't really stop and think. About those pivotal moments. And see, one that I'll talk about, my number one, my most pivotal moment, was easy for me to think about. And that always comes to mind. But the other four, once we decided we were going to do this as a topic for a podcast, figuring out what my other four were, were actually really difficult. And,
0: and I don't, I don't, I, don't
1: I, I don't know about you, but mine weren't all positive things. No. I
0: have sometimes one to it's the trials are, yeah that are
1: negative yeah. yeah
0: but they shape you they do they do and hopefully you come out on the other end yeah a better person
1: and i don't know how many of you guys are religious or not but i feel like during the times that i am going through a trial or just having a really hard go of it that's when i feel closest to god mhm um so, I, I i talk i'm i'm going to talk about that okay. a little bit with a couple yeah. of mine so yeah. let's go ahead and get started Mom, you go ahead and start. You tell us your first one.
0: Okay, so so we're going to go from, I guess, least to most significant. And I thought about doing it in chronological order, but they're not necessarily yeah. uh, that important. Anyway, so my number five. My number five, without going into a lot of horrendous details, because it is a, a, very, a very long story, but there was a situation at work and it was not a positive situation. And it was a scary, it, it was scary. It was, it, it tested, it tested everything about me. It tested my strength, it tested my fortitude, it tested my perseverance. And um, through it all though, I, unfortunately I think through the whole situation, Although I learned a lot about myself and through the whole thing, um, I experienced tremendous love and support from my husband, from my extended family. I experienced tremendous spiritual growth because it was a situation where it really truly was pretty much out of my hands. All I could do was go to work, work my hardest, do my best, and that was all I could do. I had no other control than that, and so um, talk. I mean, it was it was a it was a period of time where I heavily, I relied heavily on God to to pull me through. But through it all, and, and this is where this particular one, and and most of mine, most of mine, the end result is more positive. This one, however, the end result, it it kind of it opened my eyes to a harsher reality. Yeah. about the workforce, about people, about, you know, people always talk about it being dog-eat-dog, dog, and it really is Yeah. in some situations. I mean, you like to think that you're working with all these great and fantastic and wonderful people and that everybody supports each other and that everybody's got each other's back, and it just actually isn't always that way, which I think I like to think that you can trust most people, and I think you can, but I think there—you just have to remember that it's not always peaches and cream. It's not always an ideal situation, and so it opened my eyes to that. And it unfortunately left me a little more cynical about the working world. Yeah. But um, I've tried not to. I mean, it's it's in the past, and I try not to dwell on it too much. And I did grow. I did grow. I grew as a person. I grew as an employee. I grew as a manager. I grew. I mean, it was you know. Yeah. So there, there were positive things that came out of it.
1: And I think you should kind of say you still work at this institution. I do. So I do. You, you can't go into more detail than that, right? Yeah. Right. But it was hard. It was difficult, and
0: it was, it was um, significant. Yeah. It was significant.
1: Yeah, and you learn who you can actually count on to be loyal or not. Right. Right. I have and, and sometimes that similar. sometimes that's not a fun
0: and who your real friends situation, are. but if nothing else, it just teaches you that sometimes you can't be completely. You can't leave yourself open. You can't be as vulnerable as you would like to be. You have to sort of protect yourself and be on guard. And
1: yeah, um, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So my number five pivotal people. Um so these are two people that were pivotal to me were and I won't say their names uh my elementary school c- school counselor and principal because when I went into first grade I that's when my anxiety reared its ugly head and I hated going to school I didn't want to be away from y- my mom um and I don't know if it was necessary. It wasn't necessarily, like, separation from you. It was... we can. We'll be talking about this more and how it reared its ugly head. Yeah. And why in our anxiety and depression episode. But basically, I ended up getting to know the school counselor really well. And the principal really looked out for me. Because I didn't have a great first grade teacher. I wish we could say names because that principal... Yeah, she's excellent. She,
0: she was awesome. I mean, Amazing. that was that was top notch what
1: she did yeah. for you. And that was pretty much the last good uh, education experience with her. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those two people, I put them, I link, I linked them into one because it was like the same situation. But they both helped me to have a better experience at school. They helped me to regulate my anxiety and be able to move forward in the public school system and that's really hard as a very very young
0: child and I mean you didn't realize what was happening at the time but to look back on it and think that you know they were there to help these were these were school administrators that were actually there to help they were there to help and they did a great job yeah they did a great job okay my number four moving right on up. This is another trial, difficult experience, but good things came out of it. But my number four was my divorce. I was, I've been married twice. And the first time I was married, I was, uh, relatively young, uh, by some people's standards. Um, it all depends on
1: how, how old were you?
0: I was 19 when I got married and I know. For some people, I mean, for some people, and some th- that's fine. And some nineteen-year-olds can handle it. Some some are ready, and they're mature, and yeah. and they're good to go. And I thought I was. I really thought I was. And I don't. And honestly, this is the thing. I could have been twenty-five on that first marriage, and it and still it, and it might have not worked. have made a difference. Yeah, it still wouldn't have worked. I think I think the same things would have played out. I don't think. I, well, no, I know that the divorce had nothing to do with age. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to blame it on age at all. But, um, but through that, you know, I, I just, first of all, no matter how bad a marriage is, no matter how ugly it is, no matter how necessary a divorce is, it's not something you plan to do yeah. when you are at the altar and you're saying, I do. You don't plan to get divorced. You're thinking
1: that this is going to be forever. And if and, you are going into a marriage thinking, oh, well, I can just get divorced later. If it doesn't work out, you shouldn't get married. In I the think first you're place. setting yourself up because yep. you always
0: know that there's that back door. And I, I don't think that's a good approach to marriage at all. So it's not something you plan on. But, um, you know, this divorce required change in myself. It just it did because all of a sudden I mean okay so I I left my family I went to college I had a roommate and then I went from that roommate to getting married and when I got divorced I was on my own and but but through that divorce I had to reevaluate myself I had to reevaluate my life um, it it determined and changed how I handled future relationships I had a better knowledge and experience of what I needed as a person, because honestly, at 19 years old, for me, and I'm, I'm going to still qualify that this was for me. Some people are a lot better at it than than I was. I always thought I was really mature and come to find out I really wasn't. But but I, you know, I, I knew then what I needed in future relationships. I came to know myself better and what I'm made of and what I can handle. And I discovered You know, through that, I discovered that I actually am a very independent person. Yeah. And I am a very strong person. And I needed someone who could handle that in me and and could actually embrace that part of me and support it. And. But, you know, and and, and I always, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, I wasted so much time on him or whatever, But I don't really look at it that way. I look at it as preparation.
1: A learning experience. A learning
0: experience. And I know, and I have said it a million times, but I know that I would not have the relationship that I have with my husband now if I had not gone through that trial, if I had not gone through that divorce. So that was, you know, it was unfortunate. It was
1: not pleasant. But it made you better. But it made me better. So similar to your first moment that you talked about my number four is um my horrible college roommate experience oh frankly we could do an an entire episode talking about this situation uh but in particular I moved in with a person who was my friend at the time and I found out very quickly that she was not actually my friend um There were just a lot of situations where she said some horrible things to me and she was very selfish. She was not a loyal friend and you just, I ended up figuring out that I need to be careful who I invest my time in. And it just taught me who I, how many friends I really need and the type of people that I want to keep in my life. And if you're not going to be loyal to me, if you're going to flake out on me all the time. I don't need you. So it was a horrible experience to deal with for such a long time, but it taught me about the kind of people that I want to invest my time with. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that was a bad
0: year. That was, that was horrible. <laughs> that was a really bad year. And I'm, <laughs> I'm almost speechless because
1: it <laughs> I'm thinking I might do a video on it about, on my YouTube channel, just talking about all it's unbelievable. It it seriously is like something you would see in a movie.
0: When you start to expose everything that took place that year with all of the different roommates, roommates, people will not believe you. Yeah. They will not believe you. Yeah. It's
1: one of those things where it's so, so, it's so crazy that I couldn't make it up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I physically could not make it up if I tried. So it's the thing, great soap well, but great, specifically the one that I was friends with, that I moved in with, yeah. that ended up being absolutely psychotic. I learned a lot, so that's the one that I wanted to focus on. But there was a lot of other things that made my uh, psyche uh, take a dip. <laughs> okay, but in retrospect, I mean,
0: okay, so you learned, you know, who, who, and how to figure out who to invest your time into. But it was it a Is it okay now? (laughs) I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I mean. Did you learn? Are you, can you look back at it yet and say, you know, okay, as horrible as it was, I'm glad I went through that
1: because. Yeah, because I definitely don't want that person in my life. And I don't know how close we would be now. I don't know if we would have grown apart or anything, but the things I found out about her and her morals and values, I would not want that in my life. because it drags you down. You are who you surround yourself with. And I hold myself to a higher standard than that. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So no, I don't think of it fondly. Like I still get really angry when I think too hard about everything that (laughs) happened, but I mean, it happened for a reason. And I was supposed to realize, get that girl out of your life. And
0: it's not that far past. So Yeah, you, that wasn't probably, too long ago. You can't probably look at it yet. And Give me say, five years. That was a good experience for Give me, me another five years. Okay, my number three. Th- this is another one where I don't want to go into so much detail that it takes too long. Short story. I have a heart I have a couple of heart conditions. I have some issues with my heart. Um And the the pivotal moment that I wanted to talk about was that moment, well, it's combined, but there was a moment where I was in the emergency room and they referred me to a cardiologist ASAP. And that was scary and it was emotional and you just, at that point, you're like, what the heck is going on? And am I going to be okay? Am I going to die? I'm too young. My daughter is too young. I mean, it becomes very scary. Is this something that can be handled, can be treated? You know, all this kind of stuff. Through the process, though, um, they they at one point, they were doing an ultrasound on my heart. That was just one of many, many, many tests and procedures that I had done. And I've had what I've had. Two or three different procedures and a surgery, and uh, in tons of tests and monitors. And while I was in the first surgery fixing the first problem, they discovered a second problem, which still isn't completely resolved. But you know they're they're watching it and monitoring it, and at some point there is another surgery in my future. But um, seeing my heart in real time on a monitor beating as they have me hooked up to everything and I can send you know this ultrasound is you know 3d and whatever and I'm sitting there watching my heart and I'm watching it beat it I, I suddenly had a new connection and a new relationship with myself somehow this heart that I was watching was somehow a little bit separate from myself and it was very very special and incredibly valuable and it it was a very strange if i can say it this way it was a very strange bonding experience with myself and with my life and it gave me a new appreciation for my life and it gave me a new kind of gratitude for every single day and a gratitude for so many things a gratitude from from you know from the doctors and their expertise and their knowledge to my gratitude for life, to my gratitude for every everything that I had and my blessings and, and but that it was it's a very and it's very hard to explain, but if you but I've talked to a couple of other people that have had these same similar heart issues and they experience the same thing. It's almost like this separate being. Your heart is like this separate being that all of a sudden you have this connection with. And uh, it's very, very unique and very special.
1: That's awesome. So. And that changed your perspective on how you were living your life after that. Absolutely. For sure.
0: Absolutely. And health and relationships and everything. And and priorities. I mean, you totally change your, your priorities. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: my number three is a person slash moment, I guess. Um, and it's my husband. Um, I wasn't in a great place uh, right before I met. Trevor my husband but uh it was actually like a few days before I met Trevor I had just decided because I had been going down this not so great path I just decided okay I'm turning my life around I'm gonna focus on me I'm gonna focus on my relationship with God and I'm going to turn my life around and stick up for my values and my morals better than I have been and then I met Trevor And I was like, are you joking? I just basically swore off boys. Like, (laughs) this is crazy that you're putting him in my lap now, but he made me better at that time. And obviously I married him, so it's a good thing that I met him (laughs) at the time. Um, So yeah, obviously, I mean, my husband should probably be a pivotal moment and person in my life, you know? Should (laughs)
0: be. So... What I, if I can comment on that whole experience? Yeah. What I what I realized when you were going through all of that was as soon as you quit worrying about other people and what other people thought and about what your your public image was amongst the people that you went to school with and and your teammates and you know the people that you hung out with and whatever and when you just decided that you were going to focus on yourself and your happiness, yeah, and you were going to do those things that that could bring that had the potential to bring true happiness and joy then things they fell into place Mm -hmm. and they fell into place so quickly yeah it's the same old adage when you're not looking for it
1: It there it is yeah but you have to be
0: focusing on the right things
1: yeah and i've had so many friends and people ask me like how did you do it like how did you find trevor so quickly like how did you find the person that you were supposed to marry? And I'm like, y- you don't try to find, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you, you can't. can't look for it. It's got to happen organically. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think dating apps are such a fail so many times. Cause you're <sighs> just trying too hard. You know? Well, and they're not reality. People yeah. don't present themselves. Yeah, it's another form Leona. of social media. Yeah. You're showing the highlight reel, not the yeah. <laughs> real reel. Sometimes I wonder if I even have a highlight reel. I know, right? I look at my Instagram, I'm like, well, that's still a fail. So. <laughs> Once again, this is as good as it's gonna get. Yep. <laughs> All right, my
0: number two, and this is kind of an obvious one, and anyone that has had a child knows that it is a pivotal moment i will try to keep it together i will try not to cry but number two for me was having a baby having a child because it number one it completely changed my relationship with god it just did because um you know i believe that i'm a daughter of god and and you feel you can you there's a lot of things in life that can make you feel very very insignificant and when I had my baby, when I had my daughter, and I was holding her, and I just thought to myself, how much God must miss her? And then I got that tiny little glimpse of, hey, maybe he misses me too. And it was, it was a really cool, it was, it was a, a nice experience for me to feel that. So it, it, it does change your relationship with God if you're a spiritual person. Um, it completely changed my priorities in life. You know, you're, you're going along and you're working and you're saving money or you're spending money and you're thinking about houses and your next car and whatever. And then all of a sudden, all of those priorities change. And it's all about this child and this family now that you have and family time. And all of a sudden at work, I didn't necessarily care about climbing that corporate ladder anymore because I had a better, bigger priority that I wanted to spend my time with. It's like, nah, you know what? I don't love that commute anymore. I want to be home faster. I want to be, you know, and so it it just, it changes where your focus is. Uh, It also completely changed my perspective on the world and the things that are happening in the world and what I wanted my daughter to grow up with and what kind of world... What kind of things did I want to expose her to? And and what new worries do I have because of things that are happening in the world? And how much can I shield her from versus, you know, what do I need to teach her so she can survive in this world? But I also want to say, though, that through the process, and Corey's going to blush here, but this child of mine, Corey, continues to be influential in my life. Hmm. I know (laughs) I have learned so much about myself through having a child and through raising a child. I've learned so much about myself and I feel like I grew up with you. Not necessarily got very mature because I still don't think I'm very mature, but I feel like I, I do. I feel like I grew up and, and you have taught me so much literally Even when you were young, you taught me so much. And the things that I wanted to expose to you and the things that I wanted you to see and appreciate. And, you know, through you, I learned that there is beauty in every person. And through raising you, I really gained an appreciation for the beauty in the world. And so... It was that's that's don't make me cry. I know I'm already tearing up. You can see that, you can probably hear it in my voice. Okay, I love you. I'm good. I love you too.
1: Oh, a tear fell. There's the tear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are my next influential person, and for a lot of the same reasons, because you're my mom, you raised me, you taught me, and you shaped me, and you still inspire me. I still. Every single day, I do not know what I would do without you because I rely on you so heavily to, to get through life, and I don't know what I would do without you. You'd have to find another proofreader. I know. Who's going to grade my papers? When you don't proofread at first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thanks, I Corey. don't know. I, I'm not good at getting sappy and using lots of words. Look, but now there's the other tier. Now there's another tier. <laughs> But I, love I love you and I don't know what I would do without you. Thank you. And I think that we were meant to be in each other's lives.
0: I think so, too. I think so, too. I think that happens more often than people realize it. Yeah. And I think when you can realize that, it, uh, wow, the relationship just explodes at that point. Yeah. So, thanks.
1: You're welcome. I love you.
0: I love you, too. <laughs> okay, number one for me. Which I wouldn't have my number two, which is Corey, if I didn't have my number one, and that is my husband, mm. Alan. Um, with him, I truly feel loved unconditionally. You, I think you get that with a child, too. But it's pretty nice when you can feel that with your spouse first, that they accept you for who you are all of your quirks, all of your weirdness and whatever, but that they love you unconditionally. And Alan does. He, he loves me unconditionally. He accepted me for who I am. He allows me to be myself. He has embraced my weirdness and he tolerates it. He rolls his eyes sometimes, but he gets it and he's okay with that. I was comfortable for the first time ever when I met him. And our relationship, we we had known each other for a while, but when we started to date, it moved pretty quickly. And it was because for the first time ever I felt a comfort level with him that I had never experienced before with anybody in my entire life. Um, and we do balance each other. He calms me down when nobody else can because he just and, and I do the same for him sometimes because we both will get really worked up worked up about different things. And there are times where he can just say the right thing and it's like, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. This isn't that big of a deal. And he's just so calm and it's like, okay, it's going to be all right. Um, But meeting him is when I started to grow and I really started to figure out who I was. I figured out what I believed and he's the one that started me on that path. So he is, I I would have to say he's the number one
1: pivotal moment. Person. Yeah. He's a pivotal moment.
0: It, was a, it was a pivotal moment with that person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so my final one kind of incorporates my husband again in pretty much every aspect of my life, and that's my knee injury. And I don't think I've talked about it here. I think
0: we've mentioned it in passing.
1: So my senior year of high school, I played volleyball, and we were in the state um, championships, and... <clears throat> I tore my ACL, my MCL and my meniscus all in one go and uh oh gosh, I don't want to get emotional. Basically, don't cry. I know I was on track. I had committed to play volleyball at the college level for a school out of state. My plans were to go, get my degree there. I was going to play college at this out of state school because volleyball was all I knew. That was my identity and that was the plan. That was my plan. I had dated Trevor all throughout my senior year and my plan was just, I don't even remember what I was thinking. I was just like, I'm going to ditch this guy once I graduate. And then I, everything changed with that one play where I blew out my knee and I was laying on the court right after that play. And I knew That it was God intervening, saying, that's not the path. That's not where you're supposed to be. And I knew that I was supposed to go to this other school in state, which I did. And that's where I'm at now. And I am 100% supposed to be there. And I knew that I was supposed to marry Trevor, who I was dating at the time, the guy that I was going to ditch, you know. If you hear jingle bells, it's just the cat. Sorry, guys. (laughs) He had an itch.
0: He still has an itch.
1: Anyways, so just that moment changed my life course completely. And I don't think that I would be as emotionally stable, as mature. I don't think I would have grown as much as a person at college if I had gone to that other school and played volleyball. Because with that injury, I was forced to figure out what my identity was outside of volleyball. And I see people that I played with in high school and during club and they're still playing volleyball and they cannot do life without volleyball. They don't know what their life is. And I am now, I got really depressed after that injury, but I realize now that it was a blessing because I know who I am without volleyball. And I think I'm better for it. And I know that my major wasn't available at the school that I was going to that I was going that I was planning on going and playing at they didn't have my major and I just feel so strongly that what I my major that I'm going into family and consumer sciences and my husband my husband especially like I would not be married to Trevor right now if I had gone to this other school so it changed my life course and I just know that that was God intervening and saying, Nope, this is the other direction that you should be going. So. And there it
0: is in a nutshell. Yeah. I could elaborate on that whole situation for uh, a long time because could, there's, yeah. there's so many other aspects to it. I mean, that really is the nutshell version mm-hmm. because it's funny cause you say this other school that you had committed to, they didn't have your major, but neither did the school that you're attending now. And that was one of those interesting things. And you, and, and, you knew, and I knew, but you're supposed to be at the school. Yeah. That was, that was, there was no doubt. This is where I'm supposed to be going to school. And so you had to sit down and figure out, okay, well, they don't have what I thought I wanted to go into. So let's look and see what they've got. Yeah.
1: Let's pick a major. Because
0: this is where I'm supposed to be. Russian and, roulette. <laughs> yeah. And, it, but, but there's no doubt that you're supposed to be in the major that you're in yeah. either. I mean, you love it. You love it. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's
1: like my calling, I feel like, in life. Yeah. And I feel strongly about that. Yeah. And those are our top five pivotal moments and people. I hope you guys got some insight into who we are as people from this episode. And
0: I hope people will take the time. It's a good, ex- think like I said, it. it's a good exercise. Yeah. You don't have to go with five. I. It was a little bit difficult to come up with five, honestly. Yeah. But when you really stop and think, it's like, oh, yeah, that that did affect me. Yeah.
1: You know, think just think about the people and the situations in your life that have shaped you into who you are now. And I think it's also good to think about how you let people shape you. Kind of like I was talking about with my roommate situation. It's up to you who you allow into your life and who you surround yourself with is who you end up becoming. Mm -hmm. So be wise with who you decide to spend your time on. And what you decide to spend your time on. So true. Very valuable. And with that thought, we will leave you until next week. With some more bread. Yay! Bye, guys. Bye.